Hello, everybody, and thank you for downloading episode 45 of We Got This with Mark and Hal. One last opportunity for you. This week is the last week you can buy tickets for our live recording in San Francisco. Why? Because we're doing it this Sunday, you fools! I apologize. I let my temper get the better of me. I shouldn't have done that. But we have got an awesome show. We're going to be deciding once and for all Star Wars or Star Trek with our special guest, Adam Savage from Mythbusters, a huge fan of both. It's going to be so much fun. We've got Carter Parton Rogers opening for us, and you can still get tickets. They're still available, San Francisco. Sunday, January 10th, 12.30 p.m., the Punchline Comedy Club, and you can get tickets at http bitly.com forward slash we got SF ticks. So go get them right now. You have no excuse unless you're not going to be there, in which case, why aren't you going to be there? I'm a little bit sad about it. And now, without any further ado, episode 45 of We Got This with Mark and Hal. Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Clean slate. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. What's up, everybody? And welcome to a very special episode of We Got This. Isn't that right, Hal? It is right. Happy New Year to all of you. This is our first episode of 2016. Wow. Feels good, doesn't it? It does feel good. Uh, we've made it this far. It is 2016. We are starting a brand new year. And what we'd love to do right now is clear the slate of some of the suggestions that we have been given that don't quite feel like they warrant an entire episode, but, uh, they have been clogging up our subreddit and our Twitter feed. And you know how I am, Hal. I like to keep my computer squeaky clean. To a, an almost obsessive level. Yes, everything has to be exactly precise, especially like, if I think I've asked you in the past to like download an iPhone app for something or suggested it. And the look mm-hmm. of like the pained labor that you would have to go through to install something new on your phone. I can see it in it's your It's not eyes. about it's installing a- something new on my phone. It's about installing something new that I haven't expressly decided deserves to be on that phone. It has not made made it to my callbacks. Oh, but I have seen you, and I think I mentioned this. Uh, <laughs> I have seen you reset your phone two or three times in a day. Like, clean wipe because something got on there. I think it was Apple was trying to install. You had done an update. And it had installed a new app on your phone and it was driving you crazy that it was there. Is that, am I remembering that right? Okay. Here's what happened. I uh, had installed a, uh, an airline app onto my phone and I hated this airline app because it was one of those kind of apps that infiltrates everything on your phone. You know how sometimes computer companies really don't like each other. Sure. So like if you want to use Adobe stuff on an Apple computer, Adobe's like, okay, but you've got to give us permission to uh, look under the hood and tinker around and put a bunch of bots in there. And you're like, okay, cause I like Photoshop. Uh, it was, it was one of those situations and I hated this app. So I did what I always do when my phone starts to act up in the least possible way. I wipe it clean and start over as if it is a brand new phone. 
<laughs> I like how your solution is just immediately – it's like aliens. You want to you wanna take off and nuke the place from orbit. It's the only way to be safe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like I like a clean slate. Tabula rasa, baby. That's why I loved the day before going to school, the first day of school every year when you would go and you'd get all your clean notebooks and they'd be just right. And then if I wrote Mark up in the corner of my notebook wrong, I would have to go get a new notebook because it wasn't <laughs> quite – Exactly how I wanted it to look. I sound like a crazy person and I realize this. Um, just so now you that just said, realized it now. All right. <laughs> Shut up, Hal. I have problems, <laughs> but I love you. I love um, you. <laughs> all right. That said, let's, oh, let's get all this stuff out of our Dropbox. Okay. Is that I, a thing we use? Yeah. We use, we do use Dropbox of the many things that we use that you are not engaging with. <laughs> Dropbox is probably the one you use the most, and it's the one that it nobody is. can see. So uh, let's Ooh. get started. I have I have a whole list of topics here that were suggested to us from various places. Um, this first mm-hmm. one is from Sean Parker, who you may remember uh, used mm-hmm. to uh, work the door back at the Thrilling Adventure Hour when we were at Largo. Yes, a wonderful guy, Sean Parker, that I haven't seen in a while, so I'm very happy that he is uh, listening to the show. Hi, Sean. And, and let me mark the time by saying when back in those Largo days, Sean Parker never had a mustache. And the last couple times I saw him, I think he had a mustache. Sean, do you still have that mustache? Am I misremembering? Isn't the mustache how the future is delineated in motion pictures and television? Yes. You can always tell what a character's aged because they have a mustache and they look tired. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they just put a little bit of a little bit of tired line under their eye. <laughs> Those classic hallmarks of aging, world weariness and facial hair. Sean wants to know. Please <laughs> please tell me that what Sean wants to know is which motion picture featured the best aging. Yeah. Yeah, best best aging mustache. That should be an Oscar yeah. category. Why not? Sure, best aging of a character. And you know what? It should go to the actor and the makeup artist. (laughs) I'm pretty sure they have it in the SAG Awards because you can get an award for almost anything in the SAG Awards. That's what's great about them. It's actors honoring actors. Uh, Except stunts. There is best television stunt ensemble, I believe. But I was talking with some friends of mine who do stunts. And uh, I did not know this. But apparently there is no category for stunts because that would be like having a category of showing how the magic trick is done. uh, Which... I don't necessarily like. I think that stunts should get their due. But anyway, what does Sean Parker want to know? Mark, hold on a second. The the stunt community, who I agree is uh, underrepresented and undervalued, they do have their own mm-hmm. award ceremony called the Taurus Awards. And the reason why I know yes, this they do. is because for two years, I was their uh, live announcer. Were you really? I was. I would go to – I think it was Paramount. really cool. Yeah, I would be all dressed yeah. up. And I would go up into the lighting uh, booth because they would hold it in one of the like old sc- – like like their, one of their classic screenings. When I say it's old, I don't mean it's decrepit. I mean it's their large sort of – it's been there for a very long time screening room. And I would be up in the booth watching with mm-hmm. uh, with a handheld like a wireless mic and the names and whatever, whatever the names were and, and the category. And I will tell you one thing a lot of stunt people share – <laughs> and that is a name that is real difficult to pronounce, especially when you have to do it live. <laughs> when you're like, uh, coming to the stage now, Jim Varkinesh-Rinkinson. I love his work. Yeah, he's great. Uh, he, he did all the mustache work in Forrest Gump. Anyway. <laughs> oh, I love that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's great. <laughs> so, Sean wants to know, should you mm-hmm. ask for a kiss on a first date or 
should you just go for it? So he's assuming right off the bat that a kiss is going to happen one way or another. So it's ah. do you ask permission or do you just go in for it? Mark, what do you think? God, this feels like so so I'm so out of our element. Like this feels like a, an advice column thing and I uh uh I you know the hopeless romantic in me that enjoyed the movie Love Actually and every other romantic comedy ever made says just go for it. But so often the actions taken by actors in romantic comedies would get them arrested with and given at least a restraining order. So I guess uh romantic comedies aren't necessarily uh, – gosh, this is tough. Is, is it depends an answer? Do we have to definitively decide? I think we have to definitively decide. I mean, that's right. what we do. My gut says no. Go for it. You'll know if it's right. That's funny. My gut says ask for permission, but that mostly is because <laughs> uh, I was a very, <laughs> a very uh, uh, unconfident, non-confident. I lacked self-confidence, uh, especially with women. In fact, I want to say – that my dear wife, uh, Jennifer, who was in the other room as I record this, I basically, mm-hmm. like, uh, catfished her into kissing me the first time. Cause I knew, <laughs> I knew if I asked her a specific question, she would ask me a question back. And that would give me the opportunity to say that I wanted to kiss her. So I wasn't really asking ah. for permission. So it became this weird, unnecessary chess game between two people who were attracted to each other and were consenting to kiss. So I think you have to, I, I, I would say it's better to ask for permission, but that you do lose the romance a bit. You, you lose the spontaneous romance, but you do gain points for being a classy gentleman. Now, the the real question for the lady is, which does she prefer, the good boy or the bad boy? Uh, but we have to decide this one way or the other, Hal. Yeah. let's. Uh, so let's do it. I'd say I wish that I had been more forward and gone for it. I was always afraid. Okay. I think the worst thing that will happen if you lean in is you will be asked to stop leaning in, at which point you got to stop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is the come on, Bill Cosby. That is the correct <laughs> point at which to stop. Yes. Yeah. So that's it. You 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 can go for it, but really take a temperature. I would see. I would like maybe play a game of twenty questions to see if you can get as much what? information as possible. You are really you are handling kissing a girl the way you handle taking a flight. Well, do I have all of this in order? All right, do I have my boarding passes? Let me make sure that this is in place. Uh, oh gosh, well it's three and a half hours before the flight. I should probably get to the airport right now. Uh, maybe I should just just kiss her, Hal. Well, look. By the way, congratulations on catfishing a real catch because uh, Jen is wonderful. Catch fishing. Thank you. Oh, well done. <laughs> yes. See what you did. I, I so do see. yes. Uh, Sean, just, just lean in for the kiss. And if she, uh, turns her head away, then you're gonna kiss her cheek. And who doesn't like to give a dame a kiss on the cheek? That's right. A sweet kiss on the cheek for a dame. Although that implies you haven't stopped. <laughs> At a certain point, that it becomes <laughs> headbutting. <laughs> just lips first. That's very true. Okay. So there you go, Sean. Asked and answered. Next up, Melanie Zaychek asks. Hi, Melanie. Should you wear Crocs in public? Thank you for the question. Mark, what do you think? Um, Crocs in public. It depends on what you're doing. If you are on a boat, yes. If you are playing shuffleboard, yes. If you are um, exploring your retirement community, yes. 
If you're going to Walmart, yes, because you can wear any monstrous thing to Walmart and it is fine. <laughs> but if you're going into a public place where people, where you want to be respected, no. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I have to say, think about this. If you're going to Walmart, do you want to become one of the people of Walmart? Do you want to show up on somebody's blog because you're walking <laughs> around in like Zubaz pants uh, a, a 1990, uh, go tie Alabama t-shirt and some Crocs. And, and even the, so, so you have like, hang on, how, how, how something is wrong with my computer. I didn't know that we had a video feed going. <laughs> oh, uh, look, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry to embarrass you, Mark. It's all right. I guess I can take all this stuff off now. Look, dress for the podcast you want to host. Okay. Not the one that you're on. <laughs> So, uh, so, uh, here's the thing. Like, there are a lot of different, there are sly crocs. Yeah. There are crocs that do not, that, that will never tell you they are crocs. No, they just like, oh, oh, that person's wearing some flip flops. Not a big deal. Or that guy's got on some, uh, they're, they're, they're ones that look like sort of like moccasins or like penny loafers a little bit. Yeah. There's some that look like duck boots. Exactly. But they all share one common trait, which is if you what wear is- them for more than one hour total, they will start to smell the worst that anything could possibly smell, and they'll get dirty immediately. You'll get dirty. F- is it because you don't wear shoes? Is it because you don't wear socks inside of Crocs? Yes. Or is it is it the feet that are smelling, or is it the Croc itself? Like like Crocs, they biodegrade in sunlight for some reason, or like or like they're salt. They give off sulfur. I think is that what it is, or I, it is it is the foot smell. I think it's the the two things combining. And if you have feet that that may smell a little bit. On their own, that you have to tend to. Don't put them in Crocs. Why would you do that? That's like uh, that's like taking uh, uh, Kitty Dukakis and throwing her into a, a bar. I don't know. I lost the the train of thought. What is the happening, is, Hal? Have we done Hal? Have we done too many episodes of this show? I mean, this is number forty-seven, I think, <laughs> or something like that. We're somewhere in the forties now. I still haven't gotten it together. Okay. I don't know how to talk. The point is. Don't wear your Crocs ever. Don't put those stink pods on your feet. I don't care what kind they are. Take them and throw them into a safe fire where they belong and put on some regular shoes or get some regular flip-flops. They're just not worth the comfort. Plus, they're dangerous. They're very slippery, slidey shoes. And I know because I wore them and I slipped and slid around. And it was terrible. Oh, did you fall? Is that why you hate Crocs so much? Do you have a vendetta against them? I do. The Crocs done wrong me, and now after sitting, oh, write a song about it. <laughs> them Crocs done did me wrong now. I can't have them Crocs in my life no more. All right, Melanie, no, say no to Crocs. Yeah, what's next? That's right. Okay, Holony Melnikow. Who we I'm met sorry. At, was uh, this one of the names? Is this a stunt person? Yes, <laughs> Holly Melnikow for best two oh, car spin out. Um, I thought you said Holly. Holly, <laughs> it's Holly. Holly, we met at C2E2. Do you remember when uh, we did a signing at C2E2? It was uh, it was me, Mark, Craig, and Scott Adsit. So ninety nine percent of the people were there for Scott Adsit, and there was a very long line, and the line extended. Sure, we started drawing Baymax on people's stuff just exactly. to go factory style and get them through. So what I like to do when I'm signing with someone who is way more famous than me is I eventually make my way down the line, see if anybody is there that wants my autograph. I will happily sign and talk to people, and then they can they can just go right on to Scott or whoever they are there to see. 
So in going through the line, Mark and I ran into Holly, who was a fan of the show and who wants to know, is it okay mm-hmm. to throw banana peels slash apple cores, etc., out of the window of a car? I assume it's a moving car. I assume you're not parked like on a stakeout and just throwing an entire Whole Foods program well, out of your car. If you're stopped on a stakeout, then it, you would be giving yourself away if you just had apple cores and banana peels all around the car. That's right. uh, first of all, the image of throwing a banana peel out of a car and the car behind you slipping on it <laughs> and just completely going uh, boot over uh, – what would I, how would I say that? Uh, trunk over hood. Yeah. <laughs> I almost said ass over tea kettle, but that's for humans and cars don't have tea kettles. Roof over, uh, roof over chassis. <laughs> there you go. The image of that is so much fun to me. Just making another car slip. Um, <laughs> I feel like, uh, I guess it's unsightly, but I don't know. I've always, I've always been of the mind that it's fine to throw an apple core out the window of a car because some bird's going to eat it or it's totally organic. It's fine. It's not, you're, you're not, you're not really littering. If it grew outside, I think it's okay. I was just, I wasn't, you know, throwing it away outside. I was just returning it to the great outdoors where it had been for so long. I, I removed it from the outdoors, brought it inside, used it for a while, and then brought back what was left and put it back where it belongs. See, I, I'm, I'm torn on this one. I see the point. If you're throwing it into like a grassy area, I always have this thought of like, oh, well, I've, th- and this is dumb. I know it does not work this way. I've thrown a banana peel mm-hmm. into a field. Clearly, a banana tree will grow there, and uh, more people will be able to eat bananas. At the very least, the banana will biodegrade, and it will feed nutrients into the soil. Um, At the very most, that will be the case, Hal. <laughs> Listen. At the very most. Let me. There is. What, what are you, Jack, with your magic banana beanstalk that's going to go up to the sky and you're going to have monkeys, giant monkeys up there? Well, excuse me for wanting a little fantasy and magic in my life. Via. When did you have this thought? Were you a child or is this recent? It was like five seconds ago. Yeah, I had a feeling. And then I said it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> but there is something like, oh, if I'm throwing this fruit into a field or grassy area, it's just going to decompose. Some ants will eat it or something like that. So in that case, it's okay. But if you're driving on the interstate and you're just hurling it on the side of the road, you're really just creating litter. I don't think uh, a bird's going to drop in on Route 66 to pick up an apple core because the next thing you'll see is half an apple core and a dead bird full of half of another – the other half of the apple. <laughs> right? Just, then just throw Alka-Seltzer out your windows. We know what that does to birds. That's right. Those dirty, dirty birds. So you know what? Go ahead and throw it out there because no matter what, if it's roadkill, then Cletus will get it and he'll 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 make a nice stew for the whole family. And they'll gather around and be grateful for, for Mark's bounty because he threw that apple core out the window. <laughs> Uh, I feel like it's okay on an interstate, maybe a city street. It's a bad idea right. because there are, you know, pedestrians and other things besides cars, but nobody's going to notice an apple core on the freeway. You know what I mean? Doesn't there's that- no, there's no stopping. There's no pedestrians. Nobody's going to stop and be like, Oh, some jerk threw an apple core out here. No cars are whizzing by way too fast. To even notice a bird is going to stop there and, uh, have a few bites because it's not going to sit in the middle of the lane. I assume that it would wind up on the fringes. Is that what they're called? Sure. You mean the gutter? The 
the, the median and the uh, what's oh. the other side? The shoulder. Thank yes. you. Median and shoulder. I say to the man who was no help in getting me that word. You're welcome. All right. What's next? Okay, fine. That that one is yes. Fine. Throw it out yes, the window. It's fine. And if you throw a banana peel out the window, please put a GoPro on your car so we can see the car behind you slip. Yeah, I want to see that too. And I don't mean like Mario Kart style. I mean like Ringling Brothers style. <laughs> Will the car go whoa? That's be- Mario Kart style. Oh, darn it. I'm losing uh, uh, all fronts of this battle. I do want to say very quickly, I like the idea of a Don Bluth movie about an apple core that's thrown out of the window and is lost in the big city, just trying to make it living in the fringe. Okay. Uh, Shannon Dapper, wow. <laughs> friend of- Oh, uh, hi, Shannon Dapper. Hello, Shannon. Fr- uh, <laughs> I was going to say some more about Shannon, but I don't know how private a person she is, so I'm just going to say she suggested this, and, <laughs> and that is- should you selectively watch seasons of TV? So, so watch seasons one, three, and four, but not two and five. Yes. I think that's totally fine. Uh, if the showrunner on a TV show has changed, that means the vision is constantly changing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, usually a showrunner will remain for a season is my, uh, is how I have, you know, in my experience and what I've seen. Um, yeah, I think it's fine to watch if there's a particular showrunner or for those who don't know what a showrunner is, it's the person that is in charge of the writer's room. If there's a showrunner that you particularly enjoy, watch their seasons. David Fury's seasons of 24 are fantastic. And not just because he's a friend? No, only because he's a friend. <laughs> You've never seen 24. You assume it's another televised musical that you'll enjoy. Um, no, but actually 24 is one that, that did come to mind because – well, because that's such a standalone kind of thing. I feel like The West Wing is another one that you can watch one season of. You can pick a season and watch it. But, I mean, that was Sorkin the whole time, right? Yes. That that was one for me that um, I would watch all the way through. I, I would say Heroes was a show where I really liked the first season, sort of like the second season. And then the third season, I was just trying to complete so – I was trying to complete the collection. Mm-hmm. Um, Parks and Rec, and this may be – uh, a bit of a controversial stance. I don't like the first season and a half or so. It's it's when they change the the Leslie character to make her the most competent instead of the least competent person in the town that it really took off. And and a lot of times that early part of a show is them finding their voice, and then once they find mm-hmm. it, it takes off. So you can watch. I, I I think we're both agreeing here. You can selectively watch seasons of television. That's okay. Yes. I'm it, I'm really trying hard not to have definitive opinions and not say the word. Well, it depends because all of these could begin with. Well, it depends. Well, you could say that about anything, but we're saying it depends which seasons you watch to in a television season are entirely up to you. However, you are right. permitted to selectively watch, and if that selection includes all of them, so be it. We have spoken. Great, right? we have spoken. There you go. And hey. and what we and what we have said is. I wish the Supreme Court worked this way because basically what we have said is do what you want, man. Do what you feel. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> On pretty much all of these. Kissing the girl, do what you feel, man. Watching selective TV, do what you feel, man. What's our next one? Okay. Guess who's back? Back again. Sean Parker's back. I hope he has a mustache like I thought. He wants to know. <laughs> Got another one from him. <laughs> Should you tell someone when they have a booger? Yes. Unequivocally. Absolutely. You don't want somebody with a bat in the cave 
walking around because like they could go uh they could <laughs> like what if somebody has one of those like nasal laughs where they go like <laughs> and then all of a sudden the next thing you know you got his nose goblin crawling around on your lapel oh jeez how far how hard does this person laugh like if they can shoot this thing across to your lapel or do you mean on their own lapel it could be on theirs it could be on yours it could be on uh some food you're carrying there's a lot of danger involved with a booger on the loose you got to get the I see you come at it you come at it from your germ weirdo thing i come at it from my human empathy of i would like to know oh so you're cool if somebody snots on you <laughs> No. Well, <laughs> I'm also a terrible germ weirdo, I guess. <laughs> Point taken, Hal. And I don't want anybody to suffer because I'm constantly uh, concerned that I have a booger. Because I feel like <laughs> if you're talking to somebody, and even if you have like the greatest thing in the world to say, if you're like, I've cracked the code, I figured out uh, how to how to solve the water crisis in California, here's what we're going to do. If you have a booger hanging out of your nose, nobody will hear They're not going to... Nothing. Yeah. yeah. You can. That's all have, they're going to notice. That's right. You're booger guy. That's who you are now. Booger guy oh or gal. Can I tell you, uh, there was, and for me, it's also the same way with a fly. If your fly is down. Oh, sure. um, I, I was once walking down Hollywood Boulevard in, uh, Los Angeles and a guy I did not know walked past me and I really appreciated that this, uh, gents, this gentleman in his thick, uh, Russian or Turkish or Armenian or something I couldn't tell, um, accent, Said to me, my friend, you're a fly. That was all he said. <laughs> and I looked down, I was like, oh. And I zipped up my fly, and I really appreciated that guy, because I was like, wherever I go the rest of the day, I could have been catching a breeze and Snickers behind my back. <laughs> and the only Snickers I want behind my back is the half-melted one that's in my back pocket. <laughs> I like. I know you said he was like a Russian or whatever, but it sounded like it was Sala from Indiana Jones. Are you sure? <laughs> Asps, very dangerous. Yes. You go first. Also, you're a fly, my friend. <laughs> All right, there you go. There you go, Sean. Another one for you. All right, All right Sean. Is Isabel Wilson. Hi, Isabel. Hello, Isabel. She wants to know, should you put toothpaste on a toothbrush before or after getting the bristles wet? So this is proper toothbrushing technique. I always put the uh, the toothpaste on the brush first and then put it underneath the water because the pressure of the water pushes the toothpaste down and intermixes it into the bristles. And I always do the opposite. I wet the bristles first so they're ready for the toothpaste. I put it on top. And then as I brush my teeth, it is simultaneously cleaning my teeth and being worked into the bristles for the next tooth. So now we're, we're at a I think you me. may be right, Hal. No, I think you may be right on this one. All right. Well, then. Uh, no, you know what? Uh, no. What? I'm not going to do that. This uh, is the moment that I stand up, Hal. Oh, because this is it? <laughs> Ju Juliana told me that I defer to you too much on this show and said to me the other day, she went, why don't you just call the show Hal's Got This featuring Mark? All right. And do you want to tell the story about why that is? It was the Christmas movie episode. She yeah. got really mad about it. She got very upset. In fact, she started texting <laughs> me about it. <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> I think that I, I don't, I do think you're being bullied, Mark. I agree 100% and I think it's terrible. I don't think you're being bullied by me. Ah, yeah. <laughs> All right. I said, you know what, Hal? <laughs> I'm not even Whatever bullied. you say. <laughs> That's right. You know what? You're right. 
You're right, Hal. I, and I'm sorry. Oh, this, I, I fell down the stairs. Yeah, that's right. Now give me all your while, podcast While money. I wasn't listening. Give me all that podcast money. <laughs> I'm going to give you a digital right. wedgie. Uh, all right. So, so no, I'll agree? stick with you on that one. I've done I would agree with before. you, yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm just always afraid that I'm going to, like, wash some of the toothpaste off of the brush. Like, I... I put the toothpaste on and then I, I put it under the water and some sort of flops. How forcefully are you flinging your toothbrush around before it even hits your mouth? I move very intentionally and sharply at all times as, as the godfather Bob Fosse taught me. (laughs) (laughs) And also as any magician at the magic castle does. Exactly. Like your hands are always snapping very quickly. Snap this. I have to divert your attention. Now, speaking. Hey, look at that. What is, what you? That's right. (laughs) I've already in the other room. Now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this one is from I, – I believe this name is pronounced Rachtacular instead of R- Rachtacular as it, as it could be uh, – as it could be interpreted because this is from Rachel who is okay. uh, one of the uh, – one of the diehard Max Funsters and I believe one of the people responsible for getting uh, our subreddit thread posted and, and pinned to the top. Of the Maximum Fun subreddit, so everybody could see it and continue to give topic suggestions. So thank you, thank Rachel. you very, very much, Rachel. That is very cool. And she has a very important question, and that okay. is, how do you pluralize Scooby Doo? So if you have more than one Scooby Doo, is it Scooby Doo's or is it Scooby's Doo? There's, ah, uh, you know what? I was gonna say. And not without, without revealing too much of the behind the curtain. Yes. Uh, I was going to say there is only one Scooby Doo, but that <laughs> is not true. Having been a guy who is frequently backstage in theme parks. Yes. Um, <laughs> during a shift change, there may or may not be a time when one is confronted with, uh, more than one Scooby Doo. So. I will defer to the, uh, the bosses and the way that I would try and the way that the character managers in said park would say it. Yeah. And they would say, all right, I need my Scooby Doo's over here. Yeah. I, I, as if Scooby Doo is one hyphenated name. I agree with you. I think, I think saying Scooby's Doo is like the bit way of saying it. We're like, oh, Mm -hmm. this is the, this is the hilarious way to say it, but it's, it's Scooby Doo's. A hundred. He's a he's a hyphenate. We agree one hundred percent. The only people yeah. being bullied here are the people saying Scooby's do. And you know what? Those people will be bullied by Hal Lublin as he takes their podcasting money. Yeah, that's right. I, I want all of you to just send in all your podcasting money. Which reminds me, if you are supporting Maximum Fun during the Max Fun Drive, please consider us because uh, yes, we have the most bullies on our podcast. Um, hey, you know what we should do. Is we should point out some other shows that also probably have bullies. Oh, let's do that. You mean other shows on our network? On the Maximum Fun Network. Check these out. Yes, listen and spot the bully. Hello, and welcome to Podphone. What type of podcast are you looking for? You have chosen funny podcasts about bad movies. Rated R. May we recommend... The Flophouse. Three friends talk about bad movies and make each other and you laugh. Rated R. The Flophouse is playing at your ears. If you download it. Right now. Or whenever. Rated R. To purchase tickets to The Flophouse. You don't need to do that. Just download it. 
The Flophouse, rated R, for nudity, I guess. I listen to Bullseye because no show does a better job of showcasing the best creators we have today. It's like the liner notes on a favorite album, but for everything in culture. It makes me happy to hear music I've never heard before, voices I'd never thought to listen to, and culture recommendations that are outside my comfort zone. That's why I listen to Bullseye. You should too. Bullseye's your guide to what's good from MaximumFun.org and NPR. And we're back. Oh, man, those guys really need to get bullied right now. I was hiding in a corner the entire time, just in an abject fear <laughs> of being beat up. Have you ever been bullied? Uh, No, I, I never really got bullied because I tried to stay friendly with everyone. And also my older brother was on the football team. So that helped. Uh, have you ever been bullied? I have. Uh, a couple of highlights from that include uh, getting uh, like horse kicked in the chest, not by a horse, but by a kid. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I think I was like, first of all, first of all, I will kill him. I'll kill him all, Hal. I pre- um, this guy's way bigger than you still. <laughs> what is a horse kick? He like, uh, it's where you like, I guess it's like a back kick sort of, but I call it a horse kick just because that's the only way horses can kick is they oh their high legs and kick you. Uh, yes. I've heard it. I've heard it called a mule kick. Yeah. I got mule kicked. I like to call it a horse kick because the kid was so big. He, <laughs> I used to get teased all the time because I was, I've forever been out of shape and I think I like mouthed off to him one time and I cannot remember what I said, but he, his response was after we walked out of the class was for him to horse slash mule kick me in the chest. Which surprising? What I a thought, jerk! Uh, total jerk. This is what like, grade was this? This was I want to say sixth or seventh grade. Um, okay. Yeah, and uh, it didn't hurt as much as I thought it would. I was like, oh, I absorbed that. Not bad. Uh, another one was <laughs> getting getting teased at a day camp, and then finally uh-huh. the the main tormentor and his two friends uh, cor- like surrounded me on a basketball court. And shoved me around, and I had a plastic compass that I had around my neck that for some reason I was way into when I was, like, 10 or 11. Yeah, because they, it's awesome to know what direction you're going. Exactly. I, uh, keep in mind, I did not know how to read the compass. <laughs> I think I got it. Like, oh, really? Yeah, I think I got it, like, Ocean right. City or something. Then it's then you're just enjoying a trinket. Yeah. I was Which in- you're allowed to also do. Exactly. Uh, but they uh, ripped it off of my neck and took it away. I think they threw it in the garbage or something in front of me. So those are a oh, couple of highlights. Buddy. Well, that's that's just the way it was back then. <laughs> you know what? You know what, Hal? Yes. Uh what? let's let's find out who those guys are. Give out their phone numbers like uh Lindsey Graham via Donald Trump style <laughs> and get everyone that listens to this show to call them and just go <laughs> That'll show them. Just give them like Give them like a little shame moment. <laughs> They're going to get the tisking of a lifetime. Or use the phrase shame on you, which always works. Yeah. Or just so, sometimes I think the word shame is better than shame. Like when you just go shame. I think that's almost worse. Right? Does shaming work? Like shaming is shaming is it's like cursing someone, but you don't know how to do curses. Yeah. Oh, this will work. That's eventually. what shaming someone is. <laughs> you just shame as many people as you can. It's it's yeah. you know it's a volume business. 
Shaming, yeah, shaming is just hoping that you can convince other people in one second to feel the same way about a person that you do. That's right. <laughs> Who's with me? Okay. Let's, let's shame on you, right, guys? Anyway, sorry. <laughs> All right. We have two more. Okay. And they're both from the same person who emailed us. This is from uh, Christian Ong. I'm going to say that's how you say okay. his name. How is that spelled? A-N-G. Okay. Could be I'll, I'll allow it. Yeah. Either way, we're good. Uh, you know what? The first one will be from Christian Ong, and the second one will be from Christian Ang. Yes. Christian Ong asks us, would you rather have Ugh, that guy? <laughs> Shame. Shame, Christian. Shame. <laughs> he wants to know, would you rather have more dip than chip or more chip than dip? And I have strong feelings on this. Ooh. I don't know if you do. I would like to have uh, more dip than chip because those last moments of scraping when you just get that teeny little sliver of guacamole on the side of a chip, while it does make the guacamole in that instance more valuable because of the law of supply and demand, uh, I feel like it is better better to have more dip than chips. Now, are we able to get more chips? Oh, absolutely. But you just uh, blew my mind because I was thinking about it as when you go in for a single dip, would you rather have more mm-hmm. chip than dip? I agree with you 100%. You always want more dip than chip. That's like if you have cookies and milk, you can always get more milk. You want more cookies so you can ju- so right. continue to have them. So that's that's no question. Well, you really do still eat like an eight-year-old. I do. I, I, the eight-year-old in me will never be fully fed. Ask my therapist. If I'm dipping an individual chip into the dip, I would rather oh. have more chip in that case because if I get dip on my finger, I'm not going to wipe it off with a napkin. I'm going to wipe it off with my mouth, and then I then I feel mm-hmm. really weird going back in because I don't like to double. You know, I'm not going to double dip into the chips with with licked hands and stuff. That that's me being respectful of other. That's the germaphobe in me being respectful of other people. I've combined. The okay, two. what do you think? That, you know what? That is, uh, I like your combination, germaphobe. This, now this is, you have combined the best of you and the best of me from the booger argument. Yeah. And created one perfect Hal. Um, <laughs> or a perfect Mark. Or, uh, or a Hal Mark. Ha- oh my God. How are we not making Christmas <laughs> Hal Mark movies? <laughs> we better. That's what we're going to have to do one for next year. A Hallmark. Now next Christmas we have to make a Hallmark movie. And no matter how many we make, Autumn will still star in them. Our friend Autumn Reeser, who is in <laughs> yes, every she will. had a whole conversation with her. She's done more movies where she wears a flannel shirt and falls in love in the snow than anybody, <laughs> certainly anybody I know personally. And it's oh my god, I'm very ha- I'm always happy every time I see her on TV. But it's a lot of flannel. Yeah, but it's so fun, and it is so fun to watch her fall in love with LL Bean every time. <laughs> all right what are we talking about oh the chips uh you know i would agree with you on that i am for some reason i when i'm with salsa i i disregard the big chunks Mm -hmm. i like to get a coated chip sure you know what i mean i don't like to scoop up a big wad of the uh, tomatoes and avocado or whatever is in the dip i will dunk a chip vertically and pull it out and just hope that the viscosity of the dip will cling enough to it to where it's coated like a uh, like a thin mint. Absolutely. 
I think that's a great – and then later on, once you've soaked the liquid up, then you go in and scoop. That's the efficient way to then do it. Then you scoop the chunks out. And if you're out of chips by then, you know what? Grab a spoon, man, because that's some big, delicious tomato bites. Yeah, it's basically a salad. It's just finely chopped. You ate like a child. Thank you. You just referred to paste-thick and chunky salsa as a salad. <laughs> Any port in a storm. Okay, Christian Ang says – Oh, I love that guy. Uh, yeah, he's great. I don't like that on guy. He's a real jerk, but Ang is yeah. great. Wants to know, red or blue pill from the Matrix, accepting reality versus quote-unquote reality. So refresh oh. my memory because I don't remember. The red pill is the one that took him out of the out of his slumber, and the blue one would have uh, kept him living in the computer world. Is that right? I don't remember which color was which. But we can just call them, uh, but we can call them bliss and knowledge. Okay. Uh, where do you fall on that? Knowledge. I have to go with knowledge. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'd rather know what I'm up against. Plus, if you take that movie and he takes the other pill, then the rest of it is a short movie. Yeah, it just turns into like, uh, like The Office. <laughs> it would have just been a 90-minute version of The Office. <laughs> tinted it would have just been Keanu Reeves in his weird cable-strewn bedroom. Has somebody done that where – has somebody done like a cut where you go back to uh, – he takes the other pill and then you just go back to a super cut of him working in The Office from the beginning of that movie? Or you could have him take the other pill and just give it an instant happy ending by showing footage from The Lake House. It's like, hey, take this pill and then suddenly everything is awesome. I think we just made the perfect movie. I think we did. You know what that's going to be? That's going to be the very first. Go ahead. May I? Go ahead. Thanks. Hallmark movie. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to be so rich. So much flannel is going to be in that movie. Uh, well, we made it through, Hal. We did. We cleared the um, plate. We cleared the plate. Uh, these topics are finished, but that doesn't mean there aren't – you know what that does mean? There are no more topics for us to discuss. That's so it. please send us more topics to discuss. Yes. So reach out to us on Twitter at we got this tweets, or check out our topic thread on the Maximum Fun subreddit. Or you can go to facebook.com forward slash we got this podcast or email us at we got this podcast at gmail.com. And thanks as always to Mike Furman and Jonathan Dinerstein for our song and our score respectively. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, researcher Kate McManus. And you just said that totally Kai Rizdal style from the end of marketplace on, uh, <laughs> like he's always. His cadence always gets super weird on that show. <laughs> Came back by us. <laughs> and of course, thank you to all of our amazing listeners who keep reaching out to us on all of our social media and telling us how they really feel about what we say about the topics. It's always a blast. And thank you for letting us put our uh, dumb yet definitive thoughts into your ear holes. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. And for Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everybody. We got this. We got this. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.